of a blood red sky Us getting up chasing night Feels like we did when we first met Just like that, just no secret Yeah, one more drink to make me think Yeah, how's that shine tea? The Beer Buyers Club, we officially have a name for this dang podcast, and we are back. Took a couple weeks to kind of get out some uh, some internet problems and things like that. You know, Kobe's up there way up in the mountains and shit, and uh, yeah. I had to hook it up myself. Oh, you had to hook it up? They didn't even send someone out. No, thankfully that's not the case. You know, in the, in the area I used to live, they literally just uh, got uh, line internet, fiber internet, and... Uh, the only reason I know is because I'm still signed up for their uh, their uh, little newsletter thing, and it tells you like <laughs> updates on their construction. And I remember seeing people down the street, and I'm like, "Can you just like wire this up right now? Go ahead and put it in the house." Yeah, I mean, it's just like your electricity. You just throw an extension cord on your uh, neighbor's line. <laughs> okay, You're so I have I have something to talk about. Something that happened uh, a couple days ago. Okay, uh, I'm a huge fan of Jamie Johnson. Okay, uh, Jamie Johnson over the weekend was at a festival or something that he was playing, and he he made this uh, this comment of like you know there was a radio DJ side stage and the radio DJ was like waiting to do a presentation or something I don't know what the situation but basically he went on this big rant saying you know basically to quote him y'all don't play my music and I don't play yours so stay the stay the fuck off my stage right. <laughs> Now, there's a couple. There's a couple layers to this. So, oh man, know, I could see him saying something like that, though. Well, it gets even deeper, okay? Because the the radio station offered uh-huh. a response after it went viral. Because obviously that's his brand, right? You know, I've heard stories of him playing shows where you know he asked the advertisements of all the you know radio stations that are around to be taken down. You know, I, that's that's pretty well documented that, that he just doesn't do the whole radio thing, which I understand, okay? Like, I get that. That's awesome. I love that. Now, the flip side to this, the radio station responds and says, says basically, like, you know, our station is unique. You know, we play other types of music. You know, he, he mentioned, he said Red Dirt music, but then he mentions playing Bailey Zimmerman. Hmm. Um I have a problem with him saying that because why are you looping those two together? Bailey Zimmerman's probably one of the the probably the epitome of the whole Nashville thing right now, the whole TikTok Nashville thing, right? <laughs> yeah, it is funny and that he's he's on the very opposite of the spectrum. You know, there's so many people in Nashville that are like, "Will you please play my music on your radio station?" He's like, "No, get get my music the fuck off your radio station." That's that's pretty awesome. Well. It, and then he goes on to say that he plays Zach Bryan, which is great because Zach Bryan is is freaking phenomenal, awesome, mm-hmm. love Zach Bryan. But then he says that he got an apology from Jamie Johnson's management for the outburst. Okay, like if I'm in that situation, and I feel like I made a statement, but management is going and apologizing, I feel like that mm-hmm. that kind of defeats the moral value of what happened. You know, like I know they're trying to save face and stuff, but like, come on. Yeah, because I mean, with with him being on a record label, um, I mean they've got to they've got to make sure that they take care of the other artists as well, you know. And I could see this turning into Jamie Johnson saying, "Screw you guys! I'm going to either do my own thing or you know start my own record label." Well, and it it, it doesn't make any sense because they tried to spin it in a way later on. They said like stuff like. Oh, you know, if that's the way he riles up his base, then we're all happy to be a part of it. And the ironic part, the morning show guy that was mocked, he tweeted out saying, I was just mocked on stage by Jamie Johnson. I'm honored. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, and that questions the, the actual deep epitome of the value of your, your own values uh, and the music. You know, so I also had a problem with something that I want to talk about that goes deeper into an artist's mission as an artist, you know, like how they choose to get back and do things, you know, like Tyler Childers, for example. I love Tyler Childers' music, mm-hmm. but I have a huge problem with a found. So he started a foundation called the Hickman Holler Foundation, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, he supports Healing Appalachia, or Hope in the Hills, and um, which is a 
probably it sounds like a great organization that you know treats addiction and recovery that happens in Appalachia that's great but the real problem I have is that it also donates to the ACLU of Kentucky which uh, I aside from their politics I could see that being a good move for the cause you think so only only because they have a lot of addiction resources I mean with the I mean uh, a lot of the a lot of the liberal organizations do they have they you know they just have they have more of a passion and a focus and a drive to try to take care of some of that stuff more than you know some conservative organizations not all but you know they they it's a tough one I mean because it it would have to be a a comfortable role in his foundation yeah without well, without, it, it, without overtaking it well and i think like there's no i i haven't found the transparency of like what the split is there like right, what goes right. to this what goes to that and also the only problem i have with the aclu is that it doesn't feel like it's representing rural like rural communities like it it'll represent hold on <laughs> you're good all dogs all dogs are welcome here I'll start that over. Uh, basically, what I think is that I don't think that the ACLU is going to represent his base of people that he's trying to mm -mm. to help. No, you know, and like from a majority standpoint, because rural communities, and I think the only problem that I have with that is the fact that it's called the Hickman Holler Foundation is kind of mis. <laughs> they're they're fine, man. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, here in a minute you might hear a baby cry, you know. So, whatever. Um, so I think the biggest, the biggest drawback to that is probably where AC, the ACLU spends their money and their resources and their time. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure they do a lot of stuff with Act Blue, which is what uh, funneled, what, what Black Lives Matter funneled a lot to the Democratic Party. Um, yeah. Things like that would be, the, would be the biggest concern. You know, it would it would it would almost seem like it would have to be a very low percentage of payout for more resources than you know, say something local could give. Well, um, and that also so that also poses the question that I really want to ask you: Where, as because you're just a consumer when it comes to music, you know. Mm -hmm. So, for me, it's a little bit different. You know, when I look at musicians and I say like, you know, I I don't like. Uh, their stance on this or their stance on that. Sometimes it's overbearing uh, their stances yeah. on things. You know, one way or the other, sometimes it's overbearing, but whenever you have, I think Tyler Childers, he has a, he seems like he has a very good heart and he wants to do do well, but I have a problem with him coming out during, for example, like during the 2020 riots and stuff like that, you know, he comes out and basically like uh, criticizes the the uh, rural white community for their history that has to do with like because he, he came out with this song called Long Violent History and it was like this whole concept album basically about like what some people would call wokeness yeah and how do you separate the art from the artist like how do you feel about that as a consumer it's hard man it's hard to cherry pick it's hard to cherry pick through so many things like that and the messaging and the music should be I mean, it should should technically be representative of how somebody lives their life, because I mean, that's that's what music is supposed to be is 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 you know an art form and a representation of who you are, you know. But that's where the mainstream really misses it, because um, if you have other people writing songs for you, and then you're doing these other things with your life, I mean, I understand that you can't really cherry pick everything. And there's there's artists that I listen to, you know, that are against the police, you know, whatever. Uh, Jordan sure. Jordan Lucas is one of them, you know. I don't think he's exactly supportive of the police, and you know, some of the other things that he talks about isn't super great. But you know, he's against drugs, he's against gang, against gang violence, against uh, a lot of the mainstream stuff that's going on right now. And um, overall, 
you know, the messaging is, is great. But, you know, if you if you sit there and cherry pick everything, then you're not going to have anything left, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite similar to having friends, you know, that you disagree with, uh, which is a Yeah, very- and it's, I mean, it's, it's just like voting as well. You know, you might not agree with one thing some can- a candidate might have. It's just like the, the local race here with uh, Madison Cawthorn. You know, a lot of people... A lot of people didn't like the videos that were coming out and, you know, the different stuff. And it's like, I see that and I see it as, yeah, this dude was just messing around, you know, messing around with his friends, um, messing around with his family who was on his, uh, um, on his staff. So it's like some people can interpret it in one way and say, yeah, I'm not voting for that guy because he seems like a liability. You know, he seems like, he seems like he's just going back and forth and he's just like this wild and crazy guy. But you know he is doing a lot of good stuff you know i i just for the for the video clips alone of him tearing nancy pelosi apart is is wonderful i love that um but then people start to call him extremist and you know all of these other things and so you it's hard to it it's just like the single issue voter you know it, it it's hard to be a single-issue voter. You have to look at the candidate and what they're going to do overall, just like you have to look at music and what you what you bring into your life, you know? And you should never compromise your values for music or let music compromise your values. Um, but, I don't know. It, 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 seemed, it seems like it could be a good thing, but it also seems like it could be disastrous and, and really tear away what his foundation is supposed to be. Sure, uh, and I don't know if that if that started from the beginning or it it came along a little bit later. Whenever he decided he wanted to kind of get back to more urban communities, uh, and you know, because I know he's very passionate about you know the race issue and everything, and making sure that everybody becomes a, a, an inclusive environment. Which obviously, you know, I think we all strive towards that, just in different ways. Yeah, you know, uh, but that also poses the question morals in marketing okay so whenever you see for example this might be uh whenever you see those games you know the the ad games right when you're scrolling through facebook (laughs) and they're purposely playing it bad so that it kind of triggers that thing in your mind of like i can do that better yeah Uh, oh yeah or or i guess a better example would be if you're watching a podcast or something right someone says something that's obviously wrong but they do it for the engagement because they know people are going to jump at them, you know, and say, no, that's wrong because of this, 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 you know, because they're getting the engagement. How do you feel about like that type of stuff? Uh, I, I mean, you got to represent yourself in an honest way, whether you're, it's a, a game or even a podcast. I mean, if you can't, if you can't talk about what you believe in, then why are you even talking at all? Just shut up. Um, but I mean, there's also the opposite spectrum of that, where you know, even the the game ads, it'll be like super good quality graphics, and then you get to the game, and it's like, well, this is really shitty. <laughs> well, so, and all I mean, I think a lot of people make the argument of like, well, it puts more eyes on me, which gives me more freedom to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which it's a trade-off thing, because right, like if I were to sit here, and I say, okay, thank you. Dogs and kids allowed. Yeah. No, but... Thank you. But if I were to sit here and, you know, I say, uh, I'm going against my morals, I'm going to write a really radio-friendly song because it's going to get more eyes on my music, which is going to allow me more freedom to do things. I personally have a problem with that because art feels a little bit deeper than, say, for example, a business succeeding. Like... Because I always try and separate the industry from the art, mm-hmm. but when a business, say you've got a business that makes, uh, it makes brooms, and these brooms, they, they're the best brooms on the market and you know it. But questionably, you have to do some marketing things to make that business successful. That's different than if you were marketing music, and I truly believe that. Uh... And it, 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 it's also going to affect the reviews because if you misrepresent an, an item or a product and somebody hates it and it's not the best broom, you know, and, and hey, my broom was better, the, you know, the, the last broom I had was better, you're, you're, you're going to give it a bad review. I mean, 
Yeah. It's, it's well, kind of like a, over an oversell, undersell. I don't think you should oversell it, and I, I don't think you should undersell it. But if you're going to do I, one, if you're going to do one, I believe personally and morally that you should undersell it. Because if you if you if you overdo it, man, you're just you're you're not being honest with your your customers. When you watch these people, they use this this certain thing to rile up a base of people. Um, and that a good example of that would be Luke Combs. You know, he at the beginning says, "I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different." And people are getting all <laughs> riled up because they're like, "Yes, they're like real instruments, and it's a real sound. He's got a raw voice." And then he gets there. He's that guy. I mean, mm -hmm. nowadays we are watching uh, him, and I feel like every song is like, okay, I've heard this sound before. Okay, I've heard this sound before. Because it's not his original sound. It's not who he really, I, I don't think it's who he really is. And that kind of started with when you taste that success and you know it works on people and people have fallen in love with you, you can do no wrong. Right, right. And I mean, that's a dangerous place to be as well. I mean... Uh, Black Rifle, you know, they they lost a lot of customers because they were they were kind of pretty honest about a situation. I mean, they were talked a little bit about um, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing because as soon as somebody saw that they had their shirt on, they were like, "Oh, they're they're being he's being sponsored by, you know, Black Rifle." And then they came out and literally they just said like, "Hey, it's a bad situation," you know. It's it's an an unfortunate situation. We don't endorse this person. We don't, you know. And his, you know, Evan Hafer's whole thing has always been from the beginning. You know, I will never profit from tragedy, which is not a bad business model. You know, because you see a lot of you see a lot of companies that will, you know, put a certain price on something and say, well, a certain percentage of profits will go to uh, the fallen officer's family or something like that and you know I, I get that you have to I mean you have to you have to try to make a profit as it is but at the same time like do you really want to profit off a of tragedy like if you're not giving over 50% of something to somebody's family and using a fallen officer's name for example on your shirt or on your product man I I can't it's hard for me to do that you know back back whenever I first started printing shirts you know, we had a, a local officer that uh, lost his life, and so I, I made shirts for him. But every single bit of the profit was was donated directly to his fiance, because it was a it was a pretty messed up situation. Because he, I think he had kids, but he wasn't married to his his fiance, so it was pretty unclear about where all where the benefits and stuff like that was going to go. Um, so yeah, I, I I mean, if you're not giving over fifty percent, I don't think you should do it, because um, then then you're, you're you have are you, profiting um, off tragedy. Have you ever looked up the percentages of uh, how much donations to charities uh, go to actual oh, man. causes? It's terrible, dude. It's I I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's it's pretty freaking low. Uh, there's a, so I know there's an index somewhere, and I'm looking for it right now because. I know I read somewhere like uh, I need to I need to find it currently while we're talking. Well, there's but, a legal there's a legal requirement on it, like and I can't like I said I can't remember what it is, but so there's there's a lot of times that it's super low. I think Goodwill I think was one um, that paid their CEOs like millions and millions of dollars um, while they were taking well, while, they, while they were just rounding up the the change on every every single uh, purchase and with well with goodwill the only thing about goodwill is that you know it is a hell of a business model you know people bring in their crap to to donate and I mean a lot of times it is crap I mean I've donated before and it really wasn't anything that I really cared to give away mm -hmm. but it does give people a job sure how much how much they pay them and how well they treat them is kind of on them but I right. mean, I understand the business model and why it works the way that it does. It's an easy way to get rid of crap. Yeah. Um, now, I do so. Charity Navigator, this uh, organization, basically just uh, gives a rating to different ones, and I would love to just see kind of a top ten. So, uh, top ten celebrity-related charities. 
Number one is Tony LaRusso's Animal Rescue Foundation, which I've never even heard of. Um, the Elton John's AIDS Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know he had a foundation, which brings me to another point. Are they using it for tax purposes? You know, it, Well, that's uh, another does, thing, too. Does that mean that it's good or bad? Like, if they use it for financial gain, does that morally... Is that morally sound for the person? I think so. I mean, if you can if you can donate money and actually do something with it and get around taxes and not pay our government, I I'm all for it, man. You know, uh, I I mean they they especially with them hiring the eighty seven thousand new IRS agents, it's like man, do everything you can to to get around taxes in a legal way. Whatever you can do, just do it, cause it's 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 outrageous. You know, there's you're you're spending I feel like billi- it's a model, billions though. of dollars to send to Ukraine, but now we have we have a bunch of IRS agents. Like, who's gonna come in and audit the government? You know, you're not hiring anybody to do that. You're just you're just hiring 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 agents to come audit and the the four hundred thousand dollar earners and above. That's bullshit, man. You know that that's not true. Well, how? How much do we really care about cash, uh, uh, cash on hand for people? You know, like I really think that anything under like five to ten thousand dollars is really nothing the government should even be worrying about. Mostly because it benefits people in a certain way. That especially whenever they're low income and they're starting a business, it benefits them in a way that kind of is a tax break for them. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um. Even even at even I would I would probably argue even seventy five thousand dollars and below you know you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be paying that much tax you know especially small businesses up to a certain up to a certain point I mean it should it should all be it should all be a flat rate across the board you know if a flat rate percentage across the board why why do we have millions of millions of pages of freaking IRS code that we have to sift through that you can't even you can't even read it. I can't even read it. If I was to go out and try to try to read that thing straight through, dude, it would take years. You can't you can't you can't expect somebody to keep up with all of the tax laws. And you can't expect that that'll segue into a good one. You can't expect everybody to keep up with all the the regulations as well, the federal regulations. That goes into uh, the lions not sheep that we were talking about the other day. They're they're getting they're getting fined over two hundred thousand dollars because they put "Made in America" on their tags. And How then, big is their business? It's big. It's 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 huge. You know they they've I think they've been around since about two thousand sixteen, maybe a little bit before. Um, but for a six week time frame, you know this is this is based on Sean Whelan's um, uh, video that he posted because there was a bunch there was a lot of people saying some stuff, but a six week time frame. The FTC changed the changed the um, the law that requires a tag or that allows a tag to say made in the made in America, made in the USA, and so they changed that from where the product was made, you know, uh, where it came from, all of that stuff. You know, he was explaining that you know he does not get his garments from China, and to be honest, like a lot of the bulk websites that you can go to and get get shirts. You can't really find a lot of stuff that is made in China. You know, a lot of it's made in Nicaragua, Guatemala, you know, places like that. Um, there's very few few companies that actually will make it in in the U.S., which is stitch it together, knit it together, all of that stuff. Um, so there's five requirements you actually have to have on a shirt, um, which I put on all of all of our tags. You know, you have to put the company, the size, um, country of origin washing instructions and the fabric material or the, Wait, the the fabric there has to be washing instructions on it oh yeah absolutely i mean it's it's good because if you get a shirt and you don't know how to wash it i mean and you ruin it because you added a little bit of bleach to the wash to try to clean everything then i mean that's not really your fault that's on the company but then it, how are you supposed to get a refund if you messed up the shirt yourself you know so the federal regulation it, it requires that just to make sure that just to make sure that the company is compliant and and ethical. Um, I thought that was a liability thing. Um, 
liability because, for like, what? Well, I feel like someone could get their money back if, like, oh, hey, I didn't know to wash this with cold water. Throw it in with a hot wash, and now it's ruined. I mean, you, you, I, I would say that it, an unethical company could <laughs> argue and say, well, you messed it up yourself. We're not going to replace it. We're not going to give you a refund. Which is usually, I mean, what used to happen, and there's been a huge shift in market, I think, with that, too, because I feel like lately... I don't even need a receipt to return anything. Every store I've been into, I'm like walking in and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to return this. Don't even ask questions. I could have bought it five years ago and they'd take it back. Right, right. I don't, I don't know about, yeah, I think that's just the big box stores. I mean, they have they have so many protection plans, you know, that they set aside money um, to make sure they make up for that stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of companies that set, I mean, millions of dollars just to, just to make sure that the anything that's stolen from the store is 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 taken care of and and incorporated into their um oh they they put it i mean their they, revenue they account yeah. for it yeah they oh, account for, sure. for theft i mean i know plenty of places like lowe's and home depot i could probably walk out with like a really expensive item right now and they wouldn't pursue me oh uh, lowe's lowe's is really bad for not pursuing people they they will they're 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 pretty bad for not charging people as well. Um, yeah, I mean, is it is it worth it though? I mean, is it really worth it? Uh, I think I think it sets a precedent to people who are going to come into the store, and I think it I think ultimately it probably does because I mean if if people know that, that they're not going to get charged for it, then they're going to do it. You know, if but if they know that people are going to the the businesses are going to go after them, then they're gonna they're not going to do it because it's a, it's a risk versus reward scenario. You do know? you think that do you think that most people are good? No, absolutely not. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's you, a it's you don't a choice. Think so? No, it's a choice. I mean, look, so look you at, don't you look, don't believe that a majority of people in this world are good? Look at how many shopping carts you see scattered around parking lots, and you ask yourself if you think people are good <laughs> or not. But is that like so on a yes? It's it's, a it's it, oh that's a, that's the threshold for if I think somebody is is realistically a good person because me, I mean I agree you have to ask but, yourself how far are you willing to go out of your way to help somebody else out? Because but does that? But but think about it this way: like does that that threshold there right? Because that's a pretty simple thing. Those are the uber good people. Like I would consider myself good enough that I've never left a shopping cart like out in the middle of a. Uh, of a parking lot but there's a threshold there those simple little things make you into kind of a different type of good person there's like other people that may give the shirt off their back but they don't push the shopping cart back does that you know how does that constitute really because isn't that more discipline rather than integrity uh, I guess I, I mean if you're not going to do the simple things I don't believe that you're going to do the big things I mean, I, and I'm not saying that if you if you just forget or Why? if you're like I'm in a hurry, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm talking about just if you have the time and you have the ability and you have the will to do it, but you just don't. And you something something will all your subconscious will always tell you, hey, this is probably a good idea, or this is not a good idea. And your ability to listen to that and and take action on it really is fundamental to if you're technically a good person or a bad person. But everybody was. I mean, according to the Christian, Christian, yes, <laughs> according according to the to the to the Bible and and the Christian um, foundational belief, you know, everybody was born a sinner. So everybody was born bad. It's a choice, you know. You you can't say that you can't say anybody was born good because you don't know what happens behind closed doors, you know. Even yeah, there's a lot of pastors that go is, home and is, beat the shit out of their wives. Is good case by case. I mean, because I mean, it, it's objectionable. Because I it's feel objective. like you, you can it's not a you, word. you can break down a person on a case by case basis on whether they're good or bad. But I think overall, uh, based on their decisions they make at certain points in their life, like for example, it's like, would you steal to feed your family? You know, like those types of things. Where we may be, are we born bad for sure? Because by what standards are bad? I think that's where you run into a gray area of like, what is really bad, so to say. There's a there's a certain Robin Hood mindset that can come into play. I do believe that. I don't believe that that's entering into the gray area. Um, 
because yes it's bad but what what purpose does it serve you know it's 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 a, it's a hard it it gets into the hard hard place because whenever you are trying to take care of and I'm not I'm not trying to talk like AOC does where it's like oh everybody's just trying to get bread for their families it's like well I don't think I the iPhone store sells bread but <laughs> well and that also poses the question is it good for you or is it good for other people true and you have to have a willingness to ask for help sometimes as well because if somebody came up to me in a store you know I've 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 went, I've responded to calls before and somebody was stealing something on freaking Christmas Eve and those are the worst times because it's like if you catch yeah. somebody stealing on Christmas Eve you know they're not they're not just trying to take stuff for themselves you know somebody was taking stuff for their family and so I you know I paid for a certain portion of the stuff they even stole because um, I mean it, it does get it does get difficult it gets into that gray area because it's like if I can loan them 30 40 bucks to uh, buy stuff for their kids dude I would, I would go get stuff for their kids in a heartbeat but at the same time, you can't just steal it from a store just to just to give presents. I right. mean, you could probably go to the store and say, "Hey, well, present well, presents are a luxury for sure." It's a luxury. Uh, do you do you give to like people that you see at like intersections? No, no, I don't. I don't either. Mostly because, and that's not out of like a that I think that they're going to do the wrong thing, and that I'm assuming that I'm more. I have problems believing that people because I would rather give them a meal than give them money yeah and if they'll take a meal then sometimes yeah freaking give them a meal but a lot of people won't do that they yeah. want they want they're like oh I would rather have the cash you know I don't I don't I don't want the food it's like okay well why are you out here then I hate this whole this whole thing with uh, nowadays it's it's popular for these people to have signs that have little witty sayings on them yeah and everybody's says, a veteran Oh yeah, well, and then there's this like I see a lady near my house that says, "I need help with meds." What? Hold up, hold on, meds. Like, and she made sure, and they'll have dogs because they know that that will get people. <laughs> yeah, it's like meds is a loose term nowadays. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? You know, like, yeah. do you what kind of meds do you need? Yeah, and I years and years ago, probably 15 years ago, I was walking through downtown there was a dude that had a sign that said need money for weed and so I, I i looked at him and i was like bro here's five dollars i was like thank you for being honest with you know <laughs> thank you for being at least at least being honest with me you're not lying to me about it like dude that's that that's that's pretty awesome i i appreciate that fact because now i know that i know where my money's going instead of you know thinking oh this dude's freaking lying to me because i would rather you be honest with me and say Hey, dude, I need money for beer. Can you, I do you have a rather, couple dollars? Yeah, dude, here's three bucks if you want to go get beer. I appreciate you being honest. You know, nothing, that's <laughs> nothing bothers me more than a homeless person smoking cigarettes because the worst thing that you can do and the worst way to throw your money away, whenever you're homeless, especially, you don't have the means. That is a luxury, and also, it's hurting your body even more. Like you need meds, but you're sitting here smoking a cigarette. You are the the burden of you know like whenever you go into because a lot of those people they walk into a hospital, and they don't have anything to pay so they don't have to. Um. So I think it's super important that it's sometimes whenever whenever you lose so much in life, like it it really does become about the small things. Like if you if you barely have food and you, you struggle in that way or you don't have a home, I do believe that, that holding on to some small things like cigarettes it is what really gets you through. You know, because it's like, it's like if you're, if you're, if you're struggling... Does it though? I mean, I, come I, on. I, I personally think that little, little things is what counts. You know, I'm not saying that it's the best thing or the healthiest thing or something that somebody should spend money on. And if I was homeless, then I would probably give up a lot just to make sure that, you know, I can get a place, you know, but I, I also have family. So, I mean, I, I think about things other than myself, but um, it's, it's, <sighs> yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. It's, it seems like, 
any because like if I were to give money, I wouldn't want it to go towards cigarettes. I'd want it to go towards a meal because yeah. you know I think uh, you see a lot of homeless people. You know they they live near like a McDonald's or something because there's it's so cheap to eat there, right? They go up there, they get a meal for a dollar or whatever, but. I feel like it's harder for these people to get back up on their feet if they're out buying cigarettes, especially at the cost that they are nowadays. Nowadays, they are freaking expensive. I'm not a smoker myself. I never have been, but I know that you are, and I know you could probably testify that it's it's not cheap. Uh, about 6 or $7 for cheap brands. And then if you get, like, American Spirit and stuff like that, it can be it can be about $9, at least where I'm where I'm at. I know, I know. I'm sure, like New York City and stuff like that is probably about twelve dollars, but it gets, it gets, it gets up there, for sure. Well, and it's also, it also poses the question of what does poverty actually look like? You know, I think there's a lot of people, especially in the United States, where we don't know what poverty actually looks like. You know, nope. uh, the the poverty line here is nowhere near what the actual poverty line is in another country where they barely have an infrastructure. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and every everything you see them with is basically what they have. You know, I think if that, if I get in a super bad place in life, you know, I'm I'm gonna sell that. You know, I'm gonna sell this screen printing thing. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find something something around here that I can go sell, make sure I get my bills paid. You know, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's 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 an interesting conundrum to see people complain so much about struggling, but then they won't do anything about it. You know, you can complain yeah. about it on Twitter all you want to, but you're doing it while you sip your sip your Starbucks coffee. And well, and I also, you know, nowadays, especially with the internet, when I mention infrastructure, I mean that too, because your opportunities for business are endless on the internet, endless. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like there are so many ways to make money on the internet; it is almost criminal. <laughs> how much it it has expanded you know well there's the a lot of people to make money there's a lot of ways that don't work as well you know a lot of the you see a lot of instagram ads and stuff like that it's like here's my f- top 5 side hustles that made me thousands of dollars and it's like no it didn't like thousands of dollars over what time frame you know Are well you- we're we're looping back around to the original marketing conundrum about people who uh, I'm talking about the doomsday guys. Yep. You know, you're scrolling through Facebook, and they're like, they're like, hey, every, and I see this every year. The U.S. is heading into a recession. The U.S. is heading into a recession. Which, yes, at some point it will be true. But the more you say it, you're not going to see that guy again probably in your feed. But now, when it happens, he's going to be the guy that everybody's like, oh, he called it, and it's like, no, he just said it enough times that it happened. Yeah, do you, have you seen have you seen the uh, the the time traveler TikTok thing TikTok accounts where they make all these predictions about certain specific dates and they 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 pull people in and they're like oh well actually this is what's gonna happen oh 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 this is what's gonna happen the next the ones time. the ones from the future where yeah they're, they're yeah like, they're like oh. I'm and they and they they never show their face it's like their hoods all down it's like. I'm from the year 2030, and this is what's going to happen in 2026. It's like, dude, you're so full of shit. You know what's actually funny, though? Like, what if what if an actual time traveler was was on there, and, like, he's getting, like, lost in, lost in all these videos of time travelers that are faking being time travelers? He's like, what the hell happened here? Yeah, nobody, like- <laughs> nobody believes me. <laughs> and then you get to the ones, and it's like, guys, everything that you've been told is a lie the earth is not round you know i didn't know this until i started questioning it and it's like shut the fuck up dude like honest honest to god though if the earth is flat does it change anything no it doesn't it doesn't change anything about your reality about my reality about anybody else's reality the only thing the the only thing it changes is your own personal knowledge that it is why does it matter? It do- it doesn't. Nothing changes besides you freaking out in your head. You're gonna because we have created people who are so deep into conspiracies that they don't even understand why they're so obsessed with conspiracies. Yeah, it's gonna come full circle, and it's like reality becomes a, a, a conspiracy. It's 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 gonna be 
Don't it's gonna be fun. I, I I love it though, and that that's what the, those are the videos that I I click like on on TikTok, <laughs> and uh, dude, I don't believe the Earth is flat. And like I said, even if it is, then it, then what is what the fuck does it matter? It I mean it doesn't. But I like those videos because I want I want to keep them coming because it's it's super interesting to me. It's fascinating. Is it? It's fascinating. It I is. People. I think the people are more fascinating, mostly because eh. like yes, there are certain conspiracy theories that like would matter if they came true but like other ones i'm like why in the hell do i care if we're floating on like some nilla wafer out in the middle of space hurling through space just because it's that shape why the heck do i care like has it changed the way i travel anyway yeah and most of the conspiracies are a roundabout way of explaining religion <laughs> i mean honestly I mean, I go back, think about the, the Christian structure. You know, you, you have God that created the earth, that created humanity. Is that not a simulation? Like, it realistically, it is. Like, that. This is, this, if you want to talk about it, this being a simulation, earth, you know, our reality is a simulation, the Christian religion and most other religions that have a God that created everything around us and us as well, that's a simulation, is it not? Because you, you were, you yeah, were, I mean, because you were created by something outside of your own, your own, I guess, reality, universe, uh, whatever. Wait, are you saying that all Christians believe in simulation theory? I'm saying that the the people who talk about this this reality being a simulation, it 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 it's a round. It seems like a very roundabout way of explaining the Bible. Because there, uh, you know, there's there's answer, different there's different. Answer diff the question, Colby. Are you saying that all Christians <laughs> believe in simulation theory? <laughs> no, not not as it's called. But in reality, in yeah, like, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. So you you think that God is a is a puppet master? That's uh no. That's just well, that's that's where it sort of differs because I mean I mean I, it sort of doesn't differ, but you still have free will. I mean. <laughs> Everybody, everybody on the Sims game that you that you don't control, they they have complete free will of what they do in the Sims world, right? But you're so only God, controlling one person. God is creating people, and He's like playing them until a certain point when He gets bored, no. and then creates another one. <laughs> and, and, plays then he, and then he, and then He takes all the doors out of your house and makes you cook for a long time. Did you ever do that? And then the house gets set on fire. All right, I want you to go point by point. I want you to put put lay this out. Yes. The, the simulation theory in Christianity yes. and religion in general. Okay. Tell me the similarities here. Go yeah. point by point. So, in 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 simulation theory, this entire world was created. This entire universe was created, right? In Christianity, yeah. the world, the universe is created. There are different dimensions in the Christian religion because there's a spiritual dimension there's you know whatever there's different dimensions in the simulation theory the only difference I would say is that a lot of people in the that believe in the simulation theory believe that there's a way out of the simulation that's where that's where some people started saying that area 51 instead of it being like some super secret alien base that's the way out of the simulation have you heard that have you heard people talk about that yeah, I yeah. have. And I'm not saying that I believe all of this stuff cuz I don't. You know, I really don't. But it's 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 a very easy way of explaining the Christian religion. Do you see this, do you, do you so, see do you see the similarities though? And there's also they, people there's people who believe that it's all like like there's programmer. So you're saying that God is the programmer, right? Yeah. I mean, theoretically he is. I mean So the, these people believe that basically only one of that's these why. Couple. Well, that's well. That's why a lot of people say that the Matrix, tri the Matrix movies have a lot of spirituality-based um, content in them. One of these articles says uh, it's from Christianity Today. It says, "Friend, have you heard the good news about the simulation hypothesis?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. It, it and and that it's just a it's just a warped way of way of looking at it, and you know. So it's religion for atheists. I I mean it really realistically it could be because it gives them it gives them a sense of purpose which I think that everyone is kind of uh 
kind of looking for. I mean, everybody's looking for purpose, but if you are an atheist, then why would you look for purpose at all? Isn't that like uh, Frederick Nietzsche, uh, that guy? Have you ever read any of his stuff? Mm, I don't think so. I don't... I don't know much about it, but I know I think he's the type that it's like existential dread. Like, why? what's our purpose here? Yeah. He finds like purposes in like, uh, I guess, your biggest... Your biggest enemy in life should really be yourself in your non-motivators and stuff like that. But oh, yeah. uh, regardless, regardless, I feel like everybody's looking for a purpose, whether they say it or not. And if they aren't, then, uh, I mean, that's that's kind of, how do you explain that? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, like I said, it's 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 very it's a very interesting topic. And it just it's it's kind of it's like watching a movie to me. Whenever I look at all the conspiracy theories, it's just like a movie, you know. And and some of the conspiracy theories are true, you know. I I think I think that the government covers up a lot more, and there's it, ever, it goes a lot deeper than we probably think. But do you ever like to rile people up, like people that you know are super into it? You know, like you you start like egging them on, and you're like posing questions that you know is gonna make them mad. Yeah, it's like look, guys. The Earth is not round, okay? It, it's a square. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I could see I've that. Read that. I could really see that. So, I read could, that somewhere. Could you really? Could you really see that? Oh, man. All right, all right, Kobe. I told you I had a question for you. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to end this podcast on a question that Let's I think it. every week I'm going to give you some things to rank, okay? okay? I want you to give me your top three cheeses. Top three cheeses? Mm. So... I can't remember uh, the names of cheeses. All right, I, I can go give you some inspiration. Yeah, okay? do that. Number three, I'm okay. going to go with I'm gonna go with cheddar. Okay. Okay, it's versatile. Yeah. You can put it on a lot of things. You know, it goes... I don't know if it goes a Mexican blend, but it sounds like it should. Mm. Uh, right? Okay, hold on, hold on. Hear me out. Two, white American. Okay, the absolute best for grilled cheeses. I don't care what anybody says. White American is also versatile. Okay. Okay. It's not sharp. It's gonna taste good. You know, like you you can introduce it to your friends who aren't cheese fanatics, right? By the way, what is, what is what is sharp cheddar? What does that even mean? Because I've 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 wondered about that for years. Because You've never there, had there's sharp cheese. So I've had, I mean, I've had sharp cheddar, mild cheddar, but I don't really see much of a difference. And and there's no, there's no explanation on the bag. Why, why would, I feel like it explains itself. What's the difference? Itself. What's the difference? It, it explains itself when you taste it. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so personally. But. It's sharp. Like, you need to, okay. <laughs> what does it mean though to the taste buds? Look. What does it mean? <clears throat> I, I don't know how to describe it. You have to I, Exactly. It. You don't know how to describe it either. How? What is sharp cheddar? <laughs> oh man. Okay, I'm gonna finish what I was saying. Okay, number one. Yep. The all reigning best cheese out there, provolone. Mm, no. If you You're, if you if you want a, a if you want a tasteless cheese that disappoints, then you should probably go for provolone. Okay, so here we go. Sharp. <laughs> No, provolone. No, 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 no. Hold on. Tasteless. Provolone. Nope. Melted on a on a Philly cheesesteak. There is nothing freaking better. And I don't want to hear it from Dude, people all, who are like, "Oh, it's it's Philly cheese sauce. Cheese sauce." All you taste is the Philly steak. You, there's no. You don't taste the cheese. If if that it's is, if it's true provolone, but they add more. Is, they add more to it than just provolone. Colby, that is horseshit. No, it's not. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. <laughs> No, provolone is so. The best I would say that is a fact. That is a fact. I would say if you say brie, then we're gonna have a big problem. No, I think number three is probably parmesan because of because it, it's it it adds so much to Italian food and Olive Garden whenever they come around and do the cheese wheel. Like <laughs> I don't, I they don't, I don't, I don't, I make them not stop. Like, cause they're like, just tell me when to stop, 
And then if you don't, don't if you don't, if you don't say anything, they'll stop on their own. And I'm like, keep going. I didn't tell you to stop yet. <laughs> they're they're just like this guy's freaking fifteen dollars of cheese on your on your eight dollar uh, soup salad uh, breadsticks. What's your number two? Number two, I would say, I li- I like I like the blends of cheese because I mean I I really feel like it just brings everything together. Are we talking about like single cheese? Yeah, I'm a purist. Okay, we're not talking uh, about purist. Blends. Um, number two, number two, I would say Swiss cheese. Oh, that is just, it's not, I would say that uh, just because it's Swiss cheese is only good when it's like, when it's paired with other things that make it good. It's not good standing alone. uh, I think, I think almost all cheese is good standing alone personally. Brie isn't. I don't. I've never had brie. What is well, that? Well, you're better. You're better off. It is a horrible, horrible thing that should have never have been created. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, what is it? Ricotta cheese that you put in like lasagna and stuff like that. Now that's awful. I don't like. It, I mean, that really is almost flavorless. I think cottage cheese is not good either. So uh, if, if we're talking well, about our three worst, then I'll, I'll add those in as well. Those is are, ricotta cheese? That's ricotta, blue cheese and um, whatever the other one I said. What well, was number one? Uh, blue cheese is absolutely the worst. Yeah. For the worst cheese. That's um, fair. Ricotta cheese. Oh, I forgot and then, about and then, and then cottage cheese. So cottage cheese is number one for you? No, that in my worst. I think they're what terrible. Was your, what was your What was your number one best? Uh, I think mozzarella. I had oh, to look. I, I had to look up different kinds of cheeses. I forgot about mozzarella. Okay, and I forgot about goat cheese and feta. Yeah, number two is gonna be Colby cheese, just because of my name. And, <laughs> uh, well, but it's yeah, but it's not number one, so I'm not self centered. Oh yeah, well you know, <laughs> provolone's the best. Uh, that is just what it is. That is where we'll end it. Provolone reigns supreme. Y'all join us again. Uh, we'll probably do this again tomorrow, right? Yep, we'll do it tomorrow. All right, let's go. The Beer Buyers Club, episode number three. Y'all check it out. Go to AmericanOwnedApparel.com slash Ryan Joyce to get some of my merch. AmericanOwnedApparel.com by itself to get some of Kobe's merch. I got more music coming. You got more content coming. That's it. Let's go.